Welcome to episode 11 of the Celtic Whiskey Pod, the home of unchill filtered conversation. I am your host Al Higgins and this week we are heading all the way to Vermont in New England to talk to Irish distiller Daryl McNally. Many of you will know Daryl as former master distiller at the Dublin Liberties Distillery. Earlier this year he left that post and is now in the process of releasing his own whiskey brand named Limavadi. Then a few weeks ago it was announced that Whistlepig Distillery in Vermont have invested in the brand and now we'll see the rollout of the whiskey in the US in the coming weeks before an Irish launch in around November this year. We were keen to find out more about the brand, about the name and the history of distilling in the town of Limavady. What we heard has made us even more excited about the brand, so make sure to listen to the whole of the episode right down to the end to get the lowdown. In this episode, we also talk about Daryl's experience at other distilleries, where his career has taken him from Bushmills to Belfast Distillery Company, and then on to Dublin Liberties Distillery. Being a whiskey maker, he is keen to eventually open a new distillery in Limavady itself which would be a great addition to the industry. For that, we will just have to wait and see. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Celtic Whiskey Pod. Enjoy the unchill filtered conversation. I'll be back at the end to summarise. Now, here's Daryl. You're listening to the Celtic Whiskey Pod, the home of unchill filtered conversation. So uh, welcome, uh, Daryl McNally, to the Celtic Whiskey Pod. It's great to see you today and to hear from you. Um, Thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for inviting me, Al. It's great, great to be on here talking about Limavady uh, Irish Whiskey. So yeah, looking forward to having a good chat with you. Great. But all things Irish Whiskey and all things Limavady Irish Whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, since you mentioned it, um, perhaps you can tell us a bit about Limavady because it's a new brand and um, maybe maybe start with the name and how it came about and, and what your connection is to it. Sure, sure. Well, Limavady is actually uh, it's my hometown where I live up in, up in County Derry. So although you know I've worked for for other uh, Irish whiskey companies, that's that's what I call home. Uh, so Limavady is a really really old brand. dates back to seventeen fifty, uh, and it actually dates back to an area known as the Route, where the first license was granted mm. to uh, you know to create whiskey, if you like, and it was granted to Sir Thomas Phillips. So Sir Thomas Phillips actually built Newtown Limavady as well. Oh, so wow. you know, there was a really big link there between. Sir Thomas Phillips and Irish whiskey and, and, and Limavady Irish whiskey. So it's one of the oldest dating back to 1750, but it's Irish for Leap of the Dog, which uh, essentially was a large Irish uh, wolfhound jumping the River Row to warn its master about an enemy ambush back in the day. So that's where the name Limavady comes from. It also is quite quite famous for sort of the Danny Boy and uh, the, the Dairy Airs, as they call it as well. So a lot, a lot of history there. But as I say, uh, first and foremost, it's, it's where I was born and bred. It's where my mum and dad were from. And uh, on my mum's side, the McLaughlins, there's actually was a James McLaughlin who owned the Mavari story back in 1880. Oh, wow. So there's a bit of a link back to the family name. So yeah. uh, I, I recall years ago, um, my brother, he, he was a distiller in Bushmills, and I was working for Bushmills at the time. And uh, a far-out relative, was a uh, US relative, was actually tracing the family tree. And as we were, uh, we, we met up with them as, as you do to, to reminisce about stories. And it was then that we found out that we actually had a relative that owned the Mavari distillery back in 1880. And here was me and my brother Martin, both sort of distillers or yeah. whisk running through your veins, if you like. So uh, call it a coincidence or call it, uh, you know, maybe fate, I'm not sure. But uh, it was always sort of then that I had in my head, wouldn't it be great to revitalize, to reclaim the uh, Mavari Irish whiskey? And uh, Sort of fast forward maybe seven years and, and here we are today with uh, 
the imminent launch of, of Limavady in uh, in America here, where I'm wow. and, at the minute. <laughs> and so, so there was a distillery there. Is there any? Is there much left of that um, particular distillery? No, there was three. Apparently, there was three different distilleries in in uh, Limavady. One of them would have been more like a malt house uh, brewery, which would convert it into a distillery. Then mm. um, there's some uh, sort of leftovers of an old warehouse in Romel Road. And you know it's an old bonded warehouse because you can actually see you know the bars and the, and the yeah. windows. That's off the Romel Road on the right hand side. Uh, the other distillery that was built was down on the River Row, opposite where Row Park uh, Hotel is and golf course. So you can actually see it from the River Row. And then there was one apparently where the old bus station was. So right. I I actually have a, a close friend and a historian actually tracing the whole history of it and trying to get as much detail as possible. But uh, yeah. It's back to the Alexander family, who would have been the prominent family that lived in the Mavadi. And uh, I think one of uh, the Alexander uh, daughters married into Sir Thomas Phillips' family. So there's oh, right. another very distinct <laughs> link in, in the history of Irish whiskey yeah. as a category. Uh, so obviously you got whiskey in your blood, then some, you know, it's <laughs> carried on all this time. Um, so are you able to tell us much about the whiskey itself that you're, you're going to be releasing this year? Sure, sure. What I did is I was able to source uh, whiskey from from in multiple distilleries. I tried to pick you know, bourbon finished single malt, and then what I did is I did a finish in Pedro Jimenez cast. So I was able to oh, source yeah. some real quality Pedro Jimenez cast. Uh, what we wanted to do as well is that you know there's not a lot of really aged liquid out there in, mm. in the Irish whiskey category now. So I took a sort of four or five year old single malt and then did a nice finish in PX. Not too much, not too overpowering. But just it leaves a very, uh, you know, a very balanced whiskey and, and lovely sweet flavors, which uh, we're bottling at forty six percent non-chill filtered, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very smooth and very very easy to drink. So we'll have to get you a bottle to try it out. <laughs> Can't wait to try. It. I I do like PX finishes, and um, especially when you're in in the kind of slightly younger age profile, I think it, it works really well. Um, sure. Did you say that's that single malt or is it blend? No, single malt. Single, single malt. malt. What, oh, I'm, what I'm trying. Stay true to, like, as you know, I worked at Bush Mills, which is a single malt distillery. Yeah. Uh, you know, I sort of stayed true to uh, to the single malt, having worked at Bush Mills. And uh, the way you look back at the history of, of Irish whiskey, I think single malt is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and what, what we're trying to do is do a single barrel as well. So each Pedro Jimenez cask that we finish it in, we empty the contents of that into an ABC and bottle it separately. So again, yeah. there's slight differences between one cask of PX and another. So it's great to have them play and search and develop with that and uh, mm. the different flavors that come out of it. So we very much cast number or barrel number 10, bottle one through to 842 or yeah. whatever it is, it's the large PX bots. Uh, so it's nice from that perspective as well, because you know, there'll be slight differences as well, rather than just batching everything together and bottling it off in one. Yeah. So again, we were, that's why we're using a single malt, single barrel, because uh, it's not something that many um, Irish whiskey companies have done yet no. so what we're trying to do is sort of do Limavady single malt single barrel 46% nice PX finish and that'll become sort of the first variant you know for the next couple of years and then we'll look maybe at doing another variant then let's let's get the show on the road with this one first and we'll <laughs> see how it goes um yeah I, I kind of like the idea it gives gives the whiskies a sort of collectability as well along the li- lines of um kind of two of my favorite Scottish distilleries Glendronic and Glenallachie um yeah. Which have a similar, I suppose, um, philosophy towards um, manipulating the whiskey and, and um, 
releasing it uh, with different finishes and things. Um, what size are those PX casks? Uh, the PX guys are 500 liter, 500. All oh, right, so proper butts, yeah. Proper yeah. butts, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, it's a it's a company I've dealt with for 20 years. Who you know they have a nice Solero, you know, swapping out the wine and stuff, uh, uh, process in place in Hereth in southern Spain. So mm-hmm. I was able to source really top quality casks there, and what it does, it gives them a body, you know, a separate dimension, and it's rather than it in a single dimension like a lot of other maybe just bourbon. Your four-year-old single malt is really give it a different flavor profile, and yeah. actually makes it taste a lot older than you know than it actually is. And, yeah. and then with that, it allows us to keep the price point, you know, quite good as well for you know for a single malt finished in PX cast. We're going to be selling in America here for about forty-nine dollars ninety-five cents. So you know, it's not it's not crazy crazy. Yeah, so. that's that's good sort of price level to be in at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you are not in Ireland right now. You're in uh, sunny Vermont. Where the temperature is about 28, 29 degrees. It's uh, yeah. pretty cold and, and windy and slightly wet here in Dublin. So I'm yeah. a bit envious. Uh, so uh, what are you doing in the States right now? You're, you're there for about yeah. six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So as you know, um, you know we, we, uh, we joined up with Whistlepig. So I'm actually at the Whistlepig farm here in Vermont. So it's about three and a half hours north of Boston. So I flew into Boston Saturday night and traveled up to Vermont yesterday. Uh, and what we are is just sort of beginning to get to know all my uh, my new teammates here at Whistlepig and looking at their distillery operations here, plus dealing with you know, all the different sales guys from, from a Whistlepig perspective and dealing with distributors in the U.S. as we uh, launch Limavadia in the U.S. Uh, hopefully tomorrow. And then what I'm doing is I'm going to be traveling through the U.S. for the next probably six, seven weeks uh, into the five launch markets of California, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, and Washington up in the, the, the West Coast. Yeah. So I'd be traveling the U.S., um, talking all things about Limavati. So it's a <laughs> it's a great life, talking about your baby. <laughs> flying around in the, in the whistle pig private jet, yeah? I wish. I know, no, no. It's, it's purely economic. I could have said yeah. that. <laughs> um, are, are you in a position to sort of tell us a bit about little, um, sorry, about, about um, whistle pig uh, as well? Because, I mean, some of our listeners might not they'll know the name, but they don't really know uh, how they, they work as a distillery and distributor. And sure. they've done some great things over the years. So um, yeah, I don't know absolutely. if you can talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Whistlepig to me, I've always been watching sort of Whistlepig from afar. Uh, you know, they formed in 2007 and, you know, have released some amazing whiskies under the, the Whistlepig. And now they've actually launched a, a six-year-old piggyback as well. Mm. So, again, it's built a bit like Limavati that's built around the leap of the dog and animal. Uh, the whistle pig was built around, uh, you know, the pig called Mortimer's. That's where the whistle pig came from. And then they have lots of sort of aged whiskies, a lot of sort of single barrels and, you know, special cask finishes. And they've had, uh, you know, an, an all around the rye American whiskey sort of, sort yeah. of thing. So if you look out around the fields here, there's, you know, there's three or 400 acres, 500 acres, I think it is. And they've just harvested the rye, oh, wow. uh, which, is, which is amazing, you know, so they keep keeping it all in house and building the farm or, or growing it in the farm. So yeah, uh, a very award-winning rye whiskey, uh, and as I say, it was it was extra special when the you know we we got to talk. We always sort of kept in touch at some of the whiskey shows and whatnot, but to share some of the very similar values of Whistlepig and, and what I wanted for them Valley, it uh, became apparent very quick that you know we should join forces and and Whistlepig have said you know that the Irish whiskey in America is on fire. So that yeah. again is a testament to you know, the Irish whiskey category. So yeah, so we got got our heads together and, and did a deal for you know for Limavady to join join the Whistlepig family and 
really happy about that because you know, the the way you know, the way the board and the way Jeff Kozak, the CEO, and Alex Roberts, the CFO, the way they thinks very much in line with what you know I feel is important for for Limavady, and we joined up quite quickly and got a deal done. And here we are, yeah. just about to launch it in the US. <laughs> Uh, that's excellent. That sounds re- really exciting uh, sort of time for you to be there. Um, yeah, so rye whiskey and uh, Whistlepig is a big thing. Do you think there's um, a future for Irish rye whiskey somewhere along the lines? Well, I think, yeah, I think a couple of the players have done it. I know, uh, I know that Cooley Distillery would have done it and maybe Bushmills yeah. have tried it. But as I say, it's, it's a tough, it's a tougher uh, cereal to work with as well. Oh, yeah. It was quite hard and sticky as well so you need to make sure that your distillery is, is catered for it you know it's it's process equipment can cater for it but i think yeah it's a, it's an amazing taste in whiskey and it's something that, that as irish moves into more innovation it's definitely something that that i think people will, will, will get into yeah you're listening to the celtic whiskey pod the home of unchill filtered conversation so uh are there any plans to build a, a Limavady distillery? Yeah, I think what, what we wanted to do is, like as I say, my first phase of, of sort of Limavady was to you know, to get the product out there and to get a you know a partner such as Whistlepig. So that was sort of phase one. Um, you know, we don't want to be silly either. We want to be real about things. You know, the brand needs to build mm. at a certain point before you know it would justify building a distillery. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm not saying never, but definitely we want to launch Limavady and see how it goes, you know, with sourced whiskey, uh, pretty much like we, we did for, you know, the Dublin or Dublin Liberty Distillery. We've got the brands moving and then that justified building the distillery. Yeah. Now, I would love to build a distillery up at home in Limavady, absolutely. It's definitely something that I have on my to-do list, but <laughs> as I say, we need to be real about it too. You don't want to be using, you know, unnecessary cash now that could be used into building the brand. So we're, yeah. we're, we're being grown up about it. We're being grown up about it. <laughs> But when, you know, if Limavady takes off the way we hope and pray, uh, then definitely uh, we would be looking at the distillery at a later date for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'd, talking about building distilleries, you've had had some experience, vast experience over the years um, in, in probably places that have been more challenging than your average distillery uh, yeah. to work on. So you, you did some work with Belfast Distillery, which is the, the Crum and Jail one. Yeah, and uh, obviously Dublin Liberties, both in historic buildings. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe if you're able to talk to us a little sure. bit about yeah, yeah, yeah. how how do you go about putting a distillery into a historic building? Is it sure. absolutely the worst thing to do? That's why I have grey hair, Al. That's why I have grey hair. You won't believe I'm only 21. No, I'm only joking. Uh, so no, like I said, I worked at Bushmills for 17 years, and during that time. Uh, you know, as distillery manager, master distiller, we, you know, we were building front end to back end during the Diageo days, you know, where Diageo yeah. coming in to, to upgrade in the process equipment. So that sort of gave the first sort of process of, of CapEx expenditure and, and, and upgrading Bushmills, you know, with extra still in the, the still house and you know, dealing with building warehouses and all that good stuff. So it was a real growth period in Bushmills and I was mm-hmm. there for it. So that, that sort of gives you a good background onto what was needed. Then, as I say, was was asked to go to Belfast to design and still in the Commonwealth Jail. Uh, for various reasons, that didn't really work out. So um, I was then asked by Quintessential Brands to to come and get a site in Dublin and build a site, build a distillery right in the centre of Dublin, which which we did. It opened in February 19. So, yeah, mm. trials and tribulations of building a distillery in a greenfield site versus right in the middle of a city. I can assure you it's, uh, it's definitely... 
difficult. And we were trying to get everything in when the roads, when everything was happening during the day in a busy city. So yes, mm -hmm. it, it had its trials and tribulations. And as I say, it was squeezing a lot of equipment into a small area. And again, then making it economically viable as well, you know, from an output and so on and so forth. So yeah, so we did that at, at, at Dublin and built a, you know, a smashing distillery there. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then as I say, it sort of turned 45 and I thought, you know, I always really wanted to do Namavari in the back of my mind. And if I'd have left it any longer, I probably wouldn't have. So I yeah. said, right, I want, to, I want to try and do my own brand and bring Namavari out and, and uh, tell the story about the family links and all that good stuff. And, and here, here, here we are now. So, and I, don't, <laughs> and I don't mind if we need to build a story for Namavari, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll I've plenty of uh, dark hair here to play another side. <laughs> uh, just make sure you've got a building that's, that's big enough and doesn't have any uh, historic walls and exactly. windows. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I'm not not 100% sure, but I think Dublin Liberties Distillery are, are back open for visitors, perhaps. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth uh, having a look around because everything is shoehorned in there quite remarkably, um, yeah. how, how everything goes. If it's not open, it will be open soon, I, I assume. But um, yeah, it's quite impressive to see how everything fits in there. Um, yeah. That must be a real challenge. Like Two-ton two mash ton, and you know, it's got you know, a commercial output, if you like, so it's not just a toy. Like, you know, it's a yeah. commercially viable distillery. And as I said, it looks amazing, some nice stills and all there, nicely lacquered on, from card. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great, great distillery. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you'll probably be looking forward to trying some of the, the whiskies once they're, they mature, um, knowing that's your, your own handiwork. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. So we'll be looking forward to, we opened sort of February 19. Uh, so yeah, we're starting to sort of taste maybe uh, early next year just to see how it's coming along. But the malt spirit from it was was delicious. Like So uh, I really hope that, that uh, it takes a few boxes and wins a few awards. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's certainly an exciting time to be an Irish whiskey enthusiast because we have that first, or would you call it second wave? I think mm -hmm. it's kind of really the second wave of distilleries we're in now where we're going to start see um, mature whiskey from a whole bunch of other um, kids on the block. And uh, yeah, very exciting to compare and contrast all those different methods of production. Um you know, single pot still versus single malts, you know, what's going to be the champion for Ireland. Um, yeah, yeah. Very it's interesting good, to see. Good fun. Yeah, definitely will be good fun. Being, being, um, a, malt, being a malt purist, me, like, you know, so have to uh, ward off all the pot still uh, people, you know. So. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I, I always say it's all, it's, it's, it's a credit to the Irish whiskey category, whether it's pot still, you know, green or single malt, uh, you know, all, all we want is a group of, they don't, is for the category to grow uh, across the world, which it is, which is brilliant. Yeah. And um, yeah, you mentioned grain there as well. There are some fantastic grain whiskies coming out of Ireland, which is, is uh, quite unique amongst the world because yeah, I think you try with grain whiskies from other countries and they're usually disappointing, but um, yeah, some great stuff coming out of Ireland. No, um, you, you're in a kind of unique position because you can really kind of see what, US market is, is doing at the moment. Are you involved in other markets? Uh, sort of like everyone's talking about China at the moment as well as a 
huge um, potential. Great to uh, talk to Podrick and learn all about yeah, Pachin, well, its early days for the distillery, but we can't wait to try their whiskey when it finally matures. From what they are saying, the base spirit is very good, so they are definitely worth watching for in the future. In the meantime, you can of course buy the authentic Mikko Pachin, which is made using the family recipes and bog bean. You'll find them on our website, CelticWhiskeyShop.com, where the standard recipe retails for $38.99, whilst the heritage edition made from peated oats and barley retails for 55 euros. We didn't discuss it, but there's also an excellent gin made at Mikkel, and this contains bog bean along with other Connemara botanicals and flowers. It retails for 48 euros and recently gained a silver medal at the 2021 World Gin Awards. That's all from me for now. Thanks again to everyone at Mikkel Distillery and to Podrick for sharing his knowledge with us. Thanks to Luke from the Celtic Whiskey Bar and Larder. Sláinte for now. Yeah, and you kind of, would you be confident that all the new Irish distilleries that are cropping up would have, you know, the markets to sell their whiskies in? I always, I said this maybe a few years back when I was interviewed, you know, I, I, I do really do worry about some of the smaller distilleries and, and distribution and so on. So yeah. keep the doors open because, you know, the more you make, it brings your cost down and makes it more competitive and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, you know, we're partnering up with Whistleping here in the US. You know, it's you know, to me that keeps me from lying awake <laughs> in bed at night. You know, you're sort of <laughs> distribution and having talked to RNDC and, and uh, Breakthrough as distributors in America. You know, it just put the hairs up the back of my neck to be able to to deal with them and the numbers yeah. they were saying for Limavady over the next sort of one, two, three, four, or five years. Uh, you know, just really made me smile from ear to ear. So, so you know, distribution is so key to it. The product, how it looks, the taste, yeah, of course, it's very important. But if you're not getting it out there to sell, you know, it's, it's tough, you know. So, so yeah, yeah, it's the hardest part of the job, I think. And Absolutely. If you can get someone else to do it, like yeah. Whistle Pig, then yeah. that's the ideal situation. Um, yeah, you mentioned sort of how some distilleries might um, struggle. I, I had a, a really interesting chat with uh, Frank McCarty from Springbank, and he kind of explained their. Well, he was ex-Springbank, you know, um, but he kind of worked in there during the doldrums and the glory years. And he came up with a, a very good sort of way of looking at it. It's like only make as much whiskey as you want to sell. Um, and I, I think that's fine for yeah, the smaller Irish distilleries. I think, you know, the, the, the wee guys would probably be fine if they're just limiting themselves to, to sort of small production. But it's, it, I mean... I suppose what I'm trying to say is that the medium-sized distilleries are the ones that maybe find the, the bigger challenges, you know, because they don't have huge amounts of money behind them, but they need to find uh, channels into international markets to yeah. sell their wares. I think it's that debate whether, you know, do you lay down more stock or do you put money into building your brand? And You know, you have yeah. to put money into building the brand in order to need the stocks. And it's, it's, it is a catch-22 and it's it's an art in itself to sort of balance the books and what's the best way, best way to go about it. But uh, Frank McCarty, he's actually actually he, he worked at Bush Mills back in the day as well. Oh yeah, he would have been there when you were there as well. Yeah. No, 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 it was before it was before my time. But but oh uh, yeah, yeah. He, he had the reins at Bush Mills as 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 a distiller <laughs> as well. So uh, yeah. a, le a legend of a man. He is yeah, and we're still tasting some of those whiskies you made in those days. Uh, some of the the more unusual ones have uh, made their pass into other other bottlings outside of Bush Mills, which is interesting to see. Um, 
what uh, what do you think of the new Bushmills uh, Causeway collection? Have you tried those whiskies? I, have, I haven't tried them. I've, I've seen them on your know, social media and whatnot. And they look they look amazing, but they're quite hard to get your hands on them. You know, so uh, yeah. Even even <laughs> uh, having worked there in the past, it's, it's, it's still difficult to get a, to get a chance to have a drink at it. So maybe better to come down to the Celtic Whiskey Shop and uh, get a few samples put out there. That's maybe the only way you can. We'll see what we can do. Um, yeah, I think at this stage you have to have your finger on the trigger in an auction to to get hold yeah. of some of them. But um, yeah, they, they are, they're excellent whiskies. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it you know sort of uh, brought brought Bushmills back. To, you know some of the stuff that it's done in the past. Yeah, there's some great liquid there as well for you know for to do this sort of thing. So so yeah, uh, great great to see. Yeah, I we had Helen well Holland on uh, for the yeah. podcast and. Um, I think any Irish enthusiast um, was kind of relieved and sort of finally to see uh, whiskies that we knew were at Bushmills, um, but we're just waiting for them to be released. And some of them took longer than others. But um, yeah, I, I think it, there's a bit more excitement about the distillery these days well, well, uh, than there was. The hell, the hell's great, great at their job, you know, great, great girls. So uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's, that was my, my Bushmills family and we still keep in touch. Yeah, so it's, Excellent. it's all good. <laughs> and your brother works there now, is my that right? Works, my brother works there, but uh, he's actually come to, to work for Limavati as well because, as I say, ah. it's his family as well. And yeah, you know, and you know, he wants to try and bring that in. But again, the two of us coming from Bush Mills very much love Bush Mills and everything to do with it. It's just this Limavati has dealt us an opportunity to come and you know, launch your own, and we're sort of grabbing it with two hands. and and uh, taking it back to the family, like, you know, so the ancestors will be turning their graves or smiling down at us to say, you know, thanks for <laughs> relaunching you know, our old uh, Barry whiskey brand, you know, so that's... Uh, yeah. Um, are there other distilleries that you kind of, are uh, whiskey makers that you admire like, at the moment that, you know, you think are doing a particularly good job? No, I think, like, I like, I like the whole Waterford story. I like, you know, that terroir and, you know, uh, dealing with different uh, uh, farmer suppliers. Uh, yeah. yeah, so like I, I think that's great. I like Clonic Kelpie, I like the way you know, what they're doing down in Clonic Kelpie as well. You know, mm -hmm. you admire Great Northern Distillery as well for you know turning that brewery into you know a, a big supply center for whiskies as well. And yeah, yeah, lots lots of admiration for uh, many distilleries across across Ireland. You look at West Cork distillers as well, you know, the, the huge amount of uh, you know, capex expenditure they put into to, to their site. So, yeah, you have to. You have to give credit where credit's due. It's it's definitely you know step change in every two, three, four years, which is great to see. Yeah. Having been in Irish whiskey now for twenty three years, essentially half my life, you know, it's so nice just to see you know which went from three distilleries now to all these other ones that have sort of matured now, you know, from their infancy of, of design and build now into to something great that that the category can be proud of. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh that's a great thing to to see across the industry as well, where th there's a kind of friendly rivalry, but it's not really, uh, there's no enemies. And uh, with all these diverse and great distilleries doing different things, it all adds to the whole image of Irish whiskey, um, which is great. Um, what Do you think there are sort of new trends or anything that we can expect to see in Irish whiskey going forward? Well, I think I think you know what people wanted to do was to get you know the the backbone of the Irish whiskey category up and running to give variety to the consumer because you know the more variety that we've sort of given over sort of the last four or five years 
what it has done is sort of boosted the demand, if you like, for Irish whiskies and for you know, the, the differences now between, you know, you would have got a Jameson and a Tullamore and a Bushmills before, and now you have, you know, Teelan and you know, Dubliner yeah. and that good stuff. So it gives it gives a variety and really puts the category on the map and gives the consumer a choice. And, uh, you know, the change in consumer now is very much wanting to try new things, whether it be food or drink. So, and Ireland yeah. is always... You know, anybody you talk about Irish food or drink around the world, and it's seen as premium quality, you know, top end. You know, you know from a, from the meat to the milk to the creams to the, you know, to the whiskey. So, so you know that that's gathered based around the world, and it can only be good for for Irish whiskey and, and, and good for for the category in a whole. Yeah, um, I'm Scottish, and obviously I I like Scottish whiskey, but yeah, there's talk about Irish whiskey potentially overtaking. Uh, Scotch whiskey in certain markets. Do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, well, I think you know, having you know, having just done the deal here with Whistlepig and you know them bringing on Mavadi and you know a few of a few other big American whiskey companies are looking at Irish sort of first and foremost. So that sort of tells tells its own story. And in, in, in my eyes, that you know Irish in America mm-hmm. seems to be absolutely on fire. So you know when you have the players over here who's got you know, maybe much more distribution and relationships, you know then than what we went from Ireland with with US distributors. It's nice to see that that, that Irish is on fire and that you know Whistlepicker uh, you know investing in and, and you know coming into Irish whiskey. So yeah. that speaks for itself, I think. Of course everyone in America has some sort of Irish <laughs> connection. So it seems, you know, yeah. um we have people coming in the shop who tell us, yeah, I am I'm Irish. And it's like, yeah. oh really? Where are you from? It's like <laughs> I always say there's seven million Irish people in Ireland and seventy million across the rest of the world. So <laughs> yeah, um, that bodes well for the industry. Um, yeah, so the launch in Ireland for for Limavady, we can expect yeah. that this year and yeah, November. We, yeah, we expect to, to launch in November. Uh, as I say, we wanted just to give America the five states in America sort of the time time now, uh, and then as I say, I've, I've organised a bottler in Ireland and. Yeah, hope to get the labels in now to get them approved and stuff. So, yeah, hope to launch November in in Limavady somewhere, hopefully. And, Excellent. Uh, uh, put put Limavady in the map as well, up in that sort of northwest coast, where it's very scenic and very beautiful. Uh, not not too far away from Bushmills, but twenty miles away from Bushmills. But again, just to you know, to a lot of people from business businessmen in Limavady thank me for launching Limavady because it's really you know, brought back that, that sort of historic and history and heritage and. Uh, hopefully it'll help you know from a, uh, a tourist point of view and stuff up in that area yeah. when and if we ever get to, to build the distillery and visitor center so so yeah it's uh, it's nice, yeah. nice to we, we have a few a few people up around that way who creating distilleries and so you could have your own little uh um what would you call it uh tour of um antrum yeah. something like that whiskey, yeah. whiskey, whiskey trail yeah we could do you yeah. could do leave leave there from Donegal over into Limavady over into Bushmills and then on round into Belfast and and to yeah, yeah, yeah loads of distilleries up there, which would be great. Um, did I hear that Belfast Distillery is, is back on track now? Is that a thing? Do you know? I'm not sure now, but I, I, I believe so. I hear I hear that we had to go back to planning or something, but I hear there you know things are moving there. So it'd be great to yeah. see that project uh, you know take off and it'd be great to see a distillery in the jail, yeah. So yeah, the noise is the. Uh, like you say the rumors are, are positive, which is great. So yeah. yeah, great place for a lock-in. Oh God, yeah, a bit of, <laughs> a bit of history there, you know. So uh, 
there's the, there was always a story about one of the cells that the, the dog, the prison warden, and the dog wouldn't the dog wouldn't pass the cell, such as the ghostly uh, activities that are there. So definitely wouldn't want to be doing a night shift in the mash house and stuff like that one. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bit spooky. All right. Um, so uh, I think that's everything we, we need to talk about, um, Daryl. Yeah. And it'd be, um, it'd be great when uh, we're closer to November. We maybe could have another chat anyway, and uh, when we're closer to launching the Mavari, and I'll keep you posted on how things are doing in the US as we launch it over the next six weeks. Absolutely. Enjoy your, your tour around the States and uh, the good weather. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and thanks for joining us on the, the Celtic Whiskey Pod. Um, no know that we will speak again soon. We, we might try and get you in for a tasting if you're you're launching uh, later in the year. So yeah, uh, thank you very much. That'd be great. Thank you very much, Al. All the best. Cheers, Daryl. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Celtic Whiskey Pod, the home of unchill filtered conversation. So there you have it. It sounds like Limavady whiskey will hit all the right buttons for us. Quality spirits, single casks, PX finished and a good price point mean that it will most likely be a success. We can't wait to try it later this year. We wish Daryl the best of luck in the US where the appetite for Irish whiskey shows no sign of abating. So thanks Daryl and thanks to Whistlepig from where he was calling us. Look out for another episode of the Celtic Whiskey Pod soon. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts from. Sláinte and goodbye for now. <laughs>